Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue, and I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. Thank you for tuning in to The Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson, and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple. Awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com or visit the website, MetalForgeRadio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What's going on, Metalheads? Thank you for tuning in to The Metal Forge. I'm your host, Mark Jackson. It's Friday, February 12th. And today I have on the show Ritual Moon, a all-female power trio black thrash band from Los Angeles, California, where it's probably nice and fucking sunny today, unlike here just above Louisville, Kentucky, where it's balls fucking cold and like 20 fucking 5 degrees. <laughs> Check local listings. Hopefully it's not as bad for you as it is here. Fucking all-female black thrash power trio. I want to give a shout-out really quick to Hellwolf of Black Knife here in Lexington, Kentucky, because he's the one that turned me on to this band. He's done a few splits here recently with some really fucking awesome bands, and I've been snatching them up as much as I can because if he's putting them out on his independent label, he really has his fucking ear to the ground, and he knows what the fuck is up. Just, like, fucking crazy good. I can't actually wait to listen to it. I haven't heard the physical copy yet. I've got to listen to it on digital, but the physical copy I'm so looking forward to. I just got it in the mail today, and I've got the ladies on hold, and we're going to be talking about that as well. So before I bring them on to the show, I do want to ask you guys about something. Does it seem like Metal Injection, Metal Sucks, and Loudwire have become the National Enquirer of Metal News? It's like all rumor and negative bullshit, it seems like, anymore. And I know last year I was doing some features where I was using some of their articles and shit, and it just really like started to stick in my crawl because they were just saying so much negative fucking shit. And it's like, is that all that, like, these fucking awesome, like, magazines, like, fucking Hit Parader and Kerrang! and fucking uh, Revolver have fucking resorted to is becoming these online fucking shit slingers? It's like, I don't get it. There's enough fucking negative shit in metal with gatekeeping and all that fucking garbage. But, like, to sit there and fucking sit there and point out, oh, here's a list of good things Axl Rose has done because he's notorious for being a fucking shitbag. You'd think you'd put out fucking awesome fucking uplifting stories, all-inclusive stories and shit like that because, you know, there's a lot of people that could fucking do with that at this point in time because they haven't been able to find an outlet because they can't go to shows and and so on and so forth. So let me know. Let me know what you all think about the National Enquirer of Metal, which I'm referring to as those three publications, you know. Let's see what you think. I'm just not digging them anymore. I I think I'm seriously going to block their pages because I'm tired of seeing their shit on Instagram because I follow them on there just to, you know, keep my ear to the ground. And I don't know if I want to hear that info. Because, like I said, it's just shitty anymore. So shoot me a message, metalforgeradio at gmail.com, and we'll talk. And I'll throw your opinion on the air, you know. If you want to send me a voice message, do it. I'm cool with that. So, 
pretty cool fucking news here. Uh, shifting gears, by the way. After a pretty long battle, I finally received my registration from the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office for the Metal Forge. Yay! <laughs> hooray for me and hooray for metal. So if you're not getting your Metal Forge info from here, it's not official. It's not the Metal Forge hosted by me, Mark Jackson. It's just a second-rate, you know, thing, copy, whatever you want to call it, uh, name thief, whatever you want to call them, because this is official. And I appreciate every single one of you who have stood up for me over the last year and confronted these other people who have tried to take this name and said, hey, dude, what the hell? That's not cool. You know, this is the Metal Forge. You know, this is who we go to. But hey, the name is is here. You know, it's it's the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, you know. So fuck. Thank you all again for standing up for me and pointing out to everyone else out there that this is the Metal Forge. With the Metal Forge, I do want to thank uh, Mom's Music, Maxwell's House of Music, Better Days Records, Tattoo Charlie's, The Wrestling Steve Show, and Kentucky Hot Brown Pedal Boards. Uh, you know, links are always in the description below, so you can find out where you need to go to get your music gear, to get your tattoos, if you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area. If you want to listen to another podcast like The Wrestling Steve Show or The Womp Rant Podcast from uh, Darth Skippy, all that stuff is listed below. And thank you again to the Patreon subscribers. And who's ready to listen to some Ritual Moon? I know I sure as shit am. This comes off of the Black Knife split with Ritual Moon. This is Mad Lust. <laughs>
All right, Metalheads, I am being joined on the line right now from Berlin and Mars from Ritual Moon from Los Angeles, California. Ladies, how are you doing today? We're doing good. Thank you for having us. Thank you all for coming on the show. I was turned on to you guys from some friends of mine, uh, like Hellwolf from Black Knife, which, ironically enough, I have in my hand right now the split that you all did with them. Oh, yeah. Oh, sweet. Look, yeah, we're uh, getting ready to pack them up today, too, to ship he- them out. So. Hell, yeah, which is Did you, you all released. To I actually just got it in the mail today. I haven't had a chance to pop it on yet, but I see that it's the Mad Lust single that you all put on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we recorded that one the same time we were in the studio for the full album, and, and uh, we shot over a track. We kind of already had a plan, you know, he had asked us a few months ahead of time, so everything worked out. Hell yeah. Uh, Which, the the full album came out here on January the 13th, is that correct? Yeah, we did uh, release our first full-length album, yeah, 13th of uh, January. I love the, the whole Black Thrash artwork style it's almost like it takes a step back for like you know like 25 30 years ago with all of the bands in you know sweden and norway like the norwegian black metal and stuff where it's all this like charcoal drawing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. i love the artwork to it because even on the the split with you and black knife it has that same that same feel yeah definitely i totally love the feel of their, well, the artwork they chose for the split. And uh, actually, with our artwork from our album, that was uh, my boyfriend. He's a tattoo artist, and he's also, he just draws and stuff. So we were just sitting there, you know, cooking up ideas like, what do you want, you know? And I'm like, well, it's got to represent us three, you know, witches performing a ritual, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so like, yeah. With the crescent moon on the cover and the and the mountains and, the and like, the pine trees, it really, it, it really, like I said, it has a look from like I said like mm-hmm. from like 30 or so years ago where you would see these bands like Mayhem that would have these it's just it's super stark it's like the contrast looks great in it and it's got 12 tracks on there which is kind of a long I mean it's only it's still 45 minutes but for 12 tracks on a on an actual album these days that's kind of a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah we we really uh, really hunkered down on this one and came up with uh, 12 tracks. <laughs> we did um, four, three. On our first demo, we had four tracks, and we took three of those and just kind of refreshed them a little bit. And then um, the rest was more like newer material. And actually, two of the tracks from a previous split we had with our bassist, other band, Harlequin, we, we kind of refreshed those a little bit, too. And then the remainder after that was like totally unheard of. Like it was, it hadn't been recorded yet. Well, it just seems like yeah. these days most bands, no matter if it's you know traditional heavy metal, thrash metal, most of these bands are coming up and they're having like eight song albums or nine song albums and such. So to to be able to pack on twelve, more power for your money, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, it, at least personally for myself, I wanted it to be. I mean, it's not a compilation; it is our first album, but I wanted it to be a compilation of everything we had done so far and polish it up and put it out as a do, debut album for for people to hear that still hadn't heard of us yet, you know, because. We, we had just gotten started, and our, our demo was only released in, um, uh, like, March 2019. Mm-hmm. And that one, you know, it got the job done as a demo, but I think we really, you can definitely tell the progress on the debut album. Definitely. And, you know, like you said, from 2019, so this is still a pretty new venture for you all. I mean, especially with having a year of that, which was kind of trashed by COVID. Oh, Yeah. Definitely. I mean, we would have been playing live shows right now and just promoting the hell out of it, but, you know, COVID hit. But even then, we've got, we, you know, and fucking, I'm thankful for all the supporters that we've gotten, regardless of the circumstances, and it's really fucking cool to see people come together and, you know, like, even if it's just a message or purchasing the album or streaming it, you know. Um, thanks to the fucking internet, we've, we've been able to do this, and it's been really cool so far. Definitely. And I think, you know, with, I've 
talked so much on the show about Bandcamp and how awesome it has been for so many independent musicians over 2020, not just with like the Bandcamp Fridays and so on and so forth, but getting such a following to your music because no one's actually able to tour or go see shows or anything. We've got the whole live stream thing, but I think that really kind of had its peak around May or June, and then people just kind of stopped doing that. Yeah, we were, we actually did a couple, a couple of those live streams, like when, yeah, around the same time when COVID first hit, we we're like, all right, let's join the, you know, join everybody else doing that, but, um, yeah, just for like our own page, we were just recording our our rehearsal and our, you know, jam sessions and stuff. Definitely. So when you guys get together to write, I, I'm assuming you're all in the same area because I do have two of you here on the phone. When you all get together to write, how do you all do that? Do you each bring things in or do you hammer it all out at, at practice? How do you do that? We kind of do a little of both. Um, we do all kind of come in with different ideas. Like I'm the drummer, but if I grab the guitar and I could come up with, you know, a simple riff idea, I'll bring it to Belen and she'll clean it up, polish it up and make it out of it. Uh, Belen does write most of the, the song. So if Belen has ideas, she kind of already has them prior to showing up. So she'll just kind of show up and she'll be like, all right, this is, this is an idea I have. Like, let's try to do this, you know? So. We kind of do a little bit of both. Right on. Do you all uh, invest in much of like the, do you send stuff instant messenger like, hey, listen to this. I recorded it a couple of days ago. Or are you all pretty well, You do you get together uh, pretty frequent? Uh, now we're starting to do more like where we do send each other just recording, you know, yeah, on messenger wherever we can, you know, because we're not getting together as much. Um, but yeah, dude, if, if someone has an idea and it hits, they're going to, they record it and we send it some way somehow, you know, just to have it there already. And just to kind of already plant the seed. Definitely. It's actually one of those things that has opened up so much in the last, you know, five, six years where beforehand you actually had to get together and practice. I couldn't imagine being in a band, you know, 15 or 20 years ago where people were, you know, having to commute twice a month, you know, like 500 miles because they were a part of this band and they didn't have a way to send their stuff other than by mail. Oh, yeah, man. And then it's like just getting your, your band out there without the internet, you know? You gotta be freaking sending your demos to different, co you know, record companies. And no, nah, they, they hustled back then because I gotta say the internet really made it possible for us to release this album and get it out there and get the exposure, you know? Definitely. So, you know, imagine how the 80s and every other decade without internet was, you know? <laughs> Super different. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, being at towards the very end of that era, probably about the last 10 years personally of that, where, you know, the internet really wasn't a major thing until about 2005 for bands like that. I, I still somewhat kind of miss that, you know, getting out and hustling and, and, you know, really trying to find shows or, you know, just picking up the phone and saying like, calling your local bar saying, hey, who do I need to talk to about booking a band in there? You know, it's kind of, it's a lost art form almost. Yeah, I could see that, definitely. Which I always equate that to, like, Setlist FM, if you're familiar with the site, where you can go on and find anybody set on a concert for, like, ever. I could only imagine what it was like hearing from your friend about a show in the 80s, being like, oh my gosh, my, my cousin went to see him in St. Louis, and this is what happened. And you had to wait and until they came to your town like two or three or four days later. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, definitely. It's cool stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So what inspires you to write music? Um, it kind of started off, me and Belen were actually part of another band. That's how me and her met. Um, and we were playing more of like a like a power slash heavy metal style with that other band. And basically before practice and after practice with those members, me and Belen would kind of stick around and just be like, hey, what other genres do you like and what other music do you want to play? You know, just out of the hunger of just wanting to expand, you know, and just do different shit. So that's sort of where we entered the whole, hey, we like doom metal, thrash metal, death metal, black metal. Let's fucking just throw that into a melting pot and see what the fuck comes out, you know? So that's kind of how we started playing what our sound is today. 
Right on. Um, what what got me going was, you know, I always, I mean, personally, before playing in this band, I didn't really play guitar that actively, but I always did want to, at, at first we were just messing around, you know, and we liked what was happening, so we just kept going and made it official. But um, what, with this band, I, I personally got the opportunity to uh, get a little better at the guitar and learn how to sing and play, because in the beginning, <laughs> I didn't fucking know how to do that, you know? Definitely. And some things, are still little, some things are still a little hard for me to do, but it's been it's been a learning experience for us, too, because although we did personally like, like black metal, death metal, thrash, we weren't as experienced in playing it, but it was fun. So why the fuck not keep going, you know? So um, I think at first it was just about having fun and getting high and getting <laughs> drunk and just fucking jamming. That, that's how it started, you know? And then we liked what we were writing under those... Um, Influences. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get it. So we were like, fuck, this is good shit. So, you know, we just kept going. And, and like lyric-wise, I kind of just pull from different things. You know, I can, I like writing about death and murder. Um, I like talking about sex, too. So it just kind of ranges in, in uh, lyrical topics. I just kind of pull from, like, life itself. Definitely. So having a broad uh, range of lyrical content or or wherever that even takes you on your instrument. Because because I'm one of the ones, I think I'm a rare breed when it comes to what I deem as heavy. Because I don't necessarily think it has to be heavy just like with distortion. I think you can play an instrument heavily, I guess you could say. And I think uh, heavy also denotes a lyrical content as well. Mm-hmm. And what would you consider heavy lyrical content? I guess it's subject matter uh, related. Uh, I think, you know, dealing with like personal loss I think can be extremely heavy, you know, you know, reflective, uh, self-reflective lyrics can be extremely heavy. Not everything, like I said, there can be, it could be the Eagles for all intents and purposes here. But if there's something that's extremely like deep and moving, it can still be heavy to me. Mm -hmm. So it it doesn't, I guess it doesn't have to deal with distortion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but Britney Spears is not. So (laughs) 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 under any circumstance no (laughs) i mean she carried a heavy ass no 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 no. was it a heavy ass snake around her shoulders (laughs) yeah yeah i think think that that, that, that's true (laughs) yeah but All right, we're going to come right back. We're talking with Mars and Berlin from Ritual Moon in Los Angeles, California, here at the Metal Forge. Rock the fuck out. Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky, featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. With putting out the album just here a few weeks ago, and the the new split with Black Knife, and the the previous things that you had done, you know, because you did the split in 2020 as well, that came out just before COVID. With the pandemic still kind of lingering around, obviously, because if you can't like tour the album, what does Ritual Moon have in store next? Yeah, I'm actually. Um, I already started like three different new songs. Um, that I already have that, you know, will, will be put towards another release. I don't know, um, like, we haven't planned out in terms of, okay, this next CD is going to have 10 songs or, you know, whatever. I think we'll kind of feel it out the more songs we have and then, you know, we'll put out part two. So we just had Ritual Moon 1 where we'll have Ritual Moon 2 next. 
as far as releases go, you know, this split, we're, we're going to be holding on to that and, and the album for the next few months until we can um, get back together, practice all the material we have at that point, and really solidify the way we sound for live shows so that when live shows come around, we're ready. And also continue the writing and not only writing, but we have, um, you know, we're doing like other things that have to, that have to happen within the band in terms of, um, restocking the merch, you know, and just kind of doing like more, um, media things. Like, you know, sometimes we get hit up for interviews, like written interviews, things like that. So we're, we're keeping busy so far. Um, awesome. Yeah, so I, I hope to definitely have another release, um, personally, um, in the next two years. Absolutely. I don't foresee that it would, yeah, I don't foresee that it'll be like anytime next year. If it is, then fuck, that would be fucking tight. Definitely. Um, but I also don't like to set hard deadlines because we just kind of want to feel things out. Right. And, and, and with it being so newly released, if you set that deadline that, okay, so by January of 2021, or January of 2022, rather, to sit there and say, okay, well, let's have another album by then. That kind of limits you to, okay, well, you st- you've got to get on writing because it doesn't always come right in those last two months of the year. Absolutely, I get that. But you, you- Yeah, so we'd rather not do it with deadlines and just kind of, and if there are, just have like a really ambiguous goal that we're trying to reach, but not necessarily like a deadline. You know what I mean? For sure. Absolutely. So you kind of mentioned yeah. something a minute ago, and it, it's kind of piqued my interest a little bit. With the name of the first album, the first full length being Ritual Moon 1, and the second you've already said would be Ritual Moon 2. Now, technically, is this going to be something like a possible subtitle, or are you going to continue the the ambiguous uh, Ritual Moon 3? The only reason I ask is because I do that too. I'll be like, my band is Overload. So I'm like, Overload... Uh, Overload by Overload is the first album. And it's like Overload 2, Blood for Blood uh, 3. You know, so I'm like, in my person, it doesn't say that on the disc art, but in my personal collection, I, I put like, this is the third album, this is the fourth album, this is the, f- the fifth release. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool that you have this idea. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I think we kind of agreed. And that's why we even started it off as Ritual One One, because we just want to continue with the numbers. And, and I think, like, I didn't ever want to be stuck to a theme. Um, and I feel like with just numbering it, it, you can see it as more of like a collection of music in that frame of time, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah, so I don't want to do like, oh, the next one's going to be falling into Satan's asshole or something, you know, something fucking like half satanic, but half fucking drunk. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't right. want to deal with any lyrical themes or anything like that. If I'm going to deal with themes, then I'd rather do that on a song basis than an album, you know? Absolutely. Uh, do it as a, yeah. uh, instead of it being like an entire concept, just do it as, you know, as each one come. For sure. I get that. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think that that allows us to just be more free in terms of our writing, you know. We kind of thought it that way when we first came up with the original one. So, yeah, I think we'll keep going down that route. Hell yeah. I also like to ask some general profile questions on the show. You know, they're kind of music related, but they're more related to you as a person. What album is a complete playthrough for you? Fuck, right off the bat, I just thought of um, Kill Em All. I fucking love Kill Em All, dude. I can listen to that shit. And it just pumps me up. I can listen to the whole album. Right on. Um, I feel like that about uh, Arise, Sepultura. Oh. Oh, I love schizophrenia, schizophrenia, or schizophrenia, schizophrenia. schizophrenia. Yeah, that fucking album. Too great. That shit makes you want to clean. That shit makes you want to clean all fast. <laughs> <laughs> right. Two classic thrash albums, though. So I mean, hey, you can't go wrong there. Yeah, they're all hitters, and they're all top bangers on those albums for sure. Definitely. What's your biggest fear? Oh shit! I hate heights. That's falling off some shit. That's my biggest fear. Uh, I think drowning. I'm, I'm just thinking, we're just thinking of like, well, I'm just thinking of dying, but <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Drowning is scary. I yeah, think. that's, I yeah, like- I could go with that too. That's so weird. I literally just earlier watched a, a video on TikTok where somebody was jumping off of like one of those like ocean liner buoys 
So where the ocean oh. or where the the ocean liners don't get too close to like certain things. Oh. <laughs> And they jumped off of the top of it, and and like you see the see them going into the water. I was just like, oh shit! <laughs> so you both said heights, and you both said drown, and you said drowning. I was like, oh my gosh, it's crazy. <laughs> but see, people do shit like that, and then just for likes, and then they fucking kill themselves. Oh the yeah. Yeah, that 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 whole world is something completely wild. I I don't. I'm glad I'm not part of it. <laughs> What's your favorite animal? Uh, mine's a cheetah, white tiger. Awesome. Man, awesome. Awesome. Both both cat people. I see. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say is your worst quality? Uh, I would say mine is I'm impatient. I would say I'm impatient. Sometimes I don't know, like, I'm very outspoken. Sometimes I don't use emotional intelligence the way I should. Mm. <laughs> so sometimes I just come off as a bitch and it just ends up the wrong way. Definitely. <laughs> What's your favorite word? Fuck, I think. <laughs> word? Oh, I like, I like dipshit. Dipshit. Yeah, I've always <laughs> wanted to get mad at someone and call them a dipshit. I don't, I don't yeah, know why. I always forget to use it. <laughs> You know, that's that's funny. I have a friend in a band, and uh, she actually named a song after uh, after an internet troll of hers, and the name of the song is Hey Dipshit. <laughs> that's, that's a good song. Uh, who is your favorite visual artist? Um, visual artist? Uh, Alex Gray would be mine. He did uh, some artwork for Tool. I forgot which album, but... One of the albums has like this eye with like this rainbow flame around it, and that is Alex Gray. I would say he's my favorite. Oh, uh, Lateralis. Yes, yes. Favorite artist? Oh, visual artist. Yeah. Uh, the fucking guy that always paints like naked chicks on like Boris. Boris Vallejo. Is that Boris Vallejo? Yeah, I, I really like his style. Boris Vallejo. Definitely. Oh. He's super cool artist. Uh, the those guys like Boris, uh, Fr- uh, Frazetta, such great, yeah. great art. And yeah, it, it's really old school and it's fucking badass. And fuck, there's this other guy that's working with. Um, Soul Grinder Zine? I forgot his fucking name. But I can't think of the name. I'd have to fucking pull it up on my phone right now. But he does, I think, a lot of the cover art and the back cover art. Like, Mark Riddick is his name. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to him as well. Uh, we'll have to, I'll have to put some links to Soul Grinder Zine in the uh, description below. He's, he's been a cool supporter of us too, uh, Paul from Soul Grinder and Andy too. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, s- super cool dudes. Seriously, uh, this is a this is kind of the fun one of the fun ones. What's your favorite breakfast food? Uh, I like omelets. Fuck, it's between omelets and Belgian waffles. Nice. What was the first concert you ever went to? Iron Maiden at the Forum. Uh, mine, my first show, well, concert was my favorite. Top like the rest of them. Uh, I think it was 2008 Metal Masters. So it was uh, Motorhead, Testament, Judas Priest, and Heaven and Hell. So I got to see Dio and Lemmy. Ah, Jesus. I wanted to go to that so bad when it was uh, coming through. The only, the closest place to me was St. Louis. Oh, it was, dude, it was, it, it was worth it. It was, I'm telling you, my first show, and it was the best show I ever went to. Did you get oh. drunk? Did you? <laughs> No. <laughs> no, 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 I, I was, I was too young at the time. Oh. Shit, I had to get fucking good grades just so my mom would be able to fucking let me go to that shit. Oh gosh, um, yeah, it's one of those shows that like I kick myself in the ass for not ever actually going to that tour because I am not. I'll, I've admitted this several times before that I am not the biggest like Dio Sabbath fan. Like, mm-hmm. I like the first two albums, you know, Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules. Uh-huh. I, I don't think it recaptured the same magic on Dehumanizer. And uh-huh. uh, and Heaven and Hell's The Devil You Know was just completely different than all of that. Yeah. But, like, yeah. but if I would have been there to be able to see just, like, them even do anything off of the first two albums, along with, I mean, Judas Priest, for God's sake. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, most 
Betless was the first two albums. Oh gosh, actually. see, see, that's 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 craziness right there. Now, now I'm really kicking myself in the ass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Because, you know, I don't, and the Motorhead thing, you know, I only got to see him one yeah. time, and that was the year that Lemmy had died, so. Oh, shit, dude. Yeah. And he was, he was losing it towards the end, because I've seen Motorhead, like, at least fucking, like, eight or ten times. And compared to what I saw Motorhead first in 20, in 2008, and then I saw them, what year did Lemmy die? 2015. 15? 15. So I think I saw them 14 in Vegas, and dude, he was out of it, dude. He was singing the wrong lyrics for the wrong songs, and I just felt fucking bad for him, dude. I was like, fuck, he was, he was, yeah. you could tell I was getting to him. Oh, absolutely. Who do you wish you never saw live? Doesn't necessarily be that you you hated hate the musician. Who just ruined it for you? Uh, I saw Marilyn Manson play with Slayer, I think. A couple years ago, or, or I don't remember when, but I would say Marilyn Manson. And, but that's probably just because I don't like Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and ex- especially with all of the uh, the backlash and the news on him right now. Yeah, dude, he's just he's gross and his shit was corny and the show sucked ass. I, I didn't like it. I really can't fucking think of a show. I really cannot think of a show where like I hated it or anything. Because, I mean, half the time I was always fucking drunk as fuck or wasted. <laughs> but so the bands I did have have actually seen, you know, I've been cool with. But, yeah. I right on. I mean, hey, there's some times where, you know, there's something good to take away from everything at some point, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Denim or leather? Leather. Both. Awesome. Black denim. I like black denim. What instrument would you want to learn how to play? Fuck. Uh, I want to learn how to play piano. Fuck, that would be actually better. I want to get better at drum. That's what I want to do. Get better at drum. But piano would be fucking cool too. Accordion seems really fucking hard, but it seems pretty fun. Accor- to- accordion? Oh my! It it, it it's weird. <laughs> and it makes a lot of money at those Hispanic parties too. Oh, <laughs> hey, they put some shred on that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, accordion to me seems like one of those things. It's like a mixture of like keyboard and bagpipes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what food can you not stand? Um, I can't stand papaya because it smells like shit. That shit does smell like shit. What, yeah. what fruit can't we stand? Food, food. Oh, food. Um, like literally, I. Not that I can't stand it. Well, I guess I just can't handle it. It's spicy food. It's not nasty to me. I just can't handle it. Right on. <laughs> what What is your most embarrassing moment? Oh shit! Oh man. Well, I have one, but I don't. I don't want to say that shit on on this. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I can't mention mine, dude. Mine are bad. <laughs> it does. Here, I'll give you guys this. It involves a shark. <laughs> oh god! I, I know somebody who oh, did that on stage. Oh, that sucks! Damn, that sucks! Hell no! That's fun. Yep, and it, it was all crazy. <laughs> Where did it land? On the stage? No, he was. Uh, he was wearing black denim pants, and it was just kind of there, just hanging out. <laughs> And and from his story, it happened in the first song. Oh no! He had to play the rest of the set. Yes, like a forty-minute set. Poor oh fucking guy, dude. Oh, that sucks. Yes, very much. I I feel bad for him. I really do. Yeah, the shit musicians go through, literally. Yeah. Uh-huh. Literally. <laughs> Yeah, I think for my embarrassing moment, it was very embarrassing. So in high school, I was, um, I got really tore up and I ended up waking up the next day and looking super fucking tore up with my pants fucking ripped open. So I tried to jump over a gate, a gate that was like, like four feet tall. Like, you know, it wasn't divide your house. Like oh, yeah. Houses. I tried to, I could just walk around it, but I just jumped over it and I ripped my tights. And I woke up the the next day with my half of my face fucking scraped, missing a tooth, 
and and I just I was still woke up drunk, and that was completely embarrassing for me. And a few of my homies actually had slept over um, that night, and I was like, "Dude, what the fuck happened?" And they just started laughing at me because I was literally <laughs> but oh. I mean, yeah. It was really embarrassing, super embarrassing. That's probably the worst moment I've ever experienced from being drunk. Uh, I think everybody like has crazy fucked up stories like that for sure. Yeah, I mean, I should make you because oh yeah, so I'm saying if if you've had four local before, they used to have an old recipe, and I think it probably somebody out there was fucking saying that it had like cocaine in it or some shit. Oh my I don't, gosh. I don't yeah, I don't know. I don't know how true that is that 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 poor local recipe had coke in it. But I was fucking running around like a madman. For running around, I just tripped and I fucking fell and I shit my face and it shit my face. Crazy. Yeah, that's, that's my embarrassing story. <laughs> All right, real quick, we're going to take one last break, and then we're going to come out and finish out this interview, and then we're going to jam the fuck out with some all-female black fucking thrash here at the Metal Forge with Ritual Moon. Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You'll also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. My show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show. And I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. What song or band do you never want to hear again? Oh man, there's too many of those to uh, mention, but I would say, like, I hate. Oh, what the fuck is that band? Um, fuck, I can't think of that fucking band. Hold on, but let's take over that one. What? Um, Space Cowboy by the the something band. What the fuck is it called? What is it? What band is Bono in? Bono, you two. Oh, you two. I fucking hate you two, and I never want to hear that. You two. Uh, yeah, I could uh, totally, totally uh, do the U two thing. I'm not really a big fan of uh, fan of them at all. <laughs> like, not at all. I got a few more questions here. What is the worst album by your favorite band? Uh, I know. I I really got well. I mean, I a lot of people don't know this. Well, not that it's a big ass secret or anything, but I my favorite band is System Over Down. And my least favorite album would have to be Hypnotized. But yeah, I mean, they're my favorite band because they're, they're, that's what, like the first band I first listened to. That's what got me into metal. So just slow it down is kind of what I just throw as my favorite band. Right on. I would say, I would say, uh, what was the, what was the dude that replaced Rob Halford and Judas Priest? Um, Ripper Owens. Yeah, the Ripper Owens. I don't like that album. I don't know how many albums he came out on, but I don't fucking like them. I'm going to go ahead and say those albums from pre. It was two. Yeah, something like that. I fucking hate, I hated that. I was like, dude, Rob Halford, no, you cannot fucking replace Rob Halford and Judas Priest. You just can't. It was blasphemy to me. I get it. Uh, it's one of those things. That it is different. And, you know, the stuff that Rob was putting out in that same time period, the especially like the fight albums, because mm -hmm. they were really good. And yeah. Until he got into like the weird uh, dark wave stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, his other side, his weird other side. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. He did uh, Jugulator and demolition mm, okay, yeah, is yeah. what he was was what Tim Owens was on. So yeah, two albums. So I I could get that. Uh, I know a lot of people that that actually cite that era for Priest is a is a, like a no go. So on yeah, the other no so on the other side of that, if that was the worst album, what album changed your life? Fuck. Uh, I see um, Iron Maiden self titled. That was one of my favorites. 
I listened to that like all throughout high school. Shit. Uh, I would say uh, Venom, Black Metal. Nice. Uh, love love me some Venom. Love actually, you know, all eras of. So yeah, I can totally relate. Black Metal is super fucking cool. I have one more question, but before we get into that, how can people get a hold of Ritual Moon to purchase uh, albums to find out more and to follow you guys? How do they do that? Uh, for sure, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And you can find all of our music and our merch on our Bandcamp. So it's just going to be uh, Bandcamp slash Ritual Moon. Um, everything is available on there for purchase. We've got CDs, tapes. Uh, shirts. We got everything up on there. Hell yeah. And as always, there will be links in the description below for y'all to, you can actually click those from whatever podcasting app you are listening on and it will take you directly to all of their pages, the Instagram, the Facebooks and the Bandcamp page. Yeah, we have a, we're on YouTube too. Thank you. Did you mention that? Yeah. Thank uh, you. Do you have any shout outs you want to give to anybody? First and foremost, everyone that has listen to it, bought anything from us, just fucking anyone that we've interacted with, all the supporters, because that's what keeps us alive and just, you know, jamming, and it it helps a lot to, uh, it, it just feeds to the motivation, you know, and, um, and everyone we've worked with in terms of putting the album together and any zine, um, you know, people like you, all those groups that have reached out to, to have a word with us, you know, I, I deeply appreciate all that because you guys take the time to do shit like this and, um, it really helps fans out, so it's fucking badass to, to have people out there that really care about, um, putting bands out there and shit. So, um, thank you to all those people and, um, yeah, fuck yeah. Awesome. So the final question I have on the show today, what is your most unpopular metal opinion? Oh shit. I think probably the fact that I like to slow down when people don't like to slow down. (laughs) At least like most metal heads, they always talk shit about them, but. Dude, I don't like to slow down. <laughs> I don't know if this is unpopular, an unpopular opinion, but I would say uh, I'm usually always about like the first few albums in most bands. Um, I, I guess I just I always like the uh, like the original feel of a band. For example, like Slayer, like I only listen to like the first three albums and then the rest, I'm just like, nah, whatever, you know? Thankfully, somebody else said that other than me. (laughs) Oh, sweet. All right, cool. I thought I was the only one on that. (laughs) Well, no, no, not at all. Uh, I get so much. Okay. I'm a fan of Metallica and I like pretty well most of their career. I can find something to like on most of it. But there, I know so many people who completely shit on everything after Justice. <laughs> that oh, for the uh, first four. I like saying anger. <laughs> I like it in head. I like it in headphones. I like it when I listen to it in headphones, not just out in the room. Uh, <laughs> so nobody else knows what I'm listening to. <laughs> No, there are so many people, especially in my area, that are like, oh, first four albums and then they became shit. I think Slayer is the same way. It's like first three to four albums and that's pretty much it for them. I'm I'm not not much of a fan of anything after theirs. Anthrax is kind of the same way. Yeah, same same shit. Definitely. So, yeah, kudos on that because I absolutely, yes, agree with you. I would like to thank you both for coming on the show today, both Mars and and Bellin. On the way out today from Ritual Moon One, what would you all like me to play out? Um, well, I think a a, a favorite amongst us is uh the track called Uncontrollable Death. Awesome. And as they said, and you heard, this is Uncontrollable Death by Ritual Moon. <laughs>
Hey everybody, thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge this week. I really appreciate every last one of you that listens. But before I go any further, I do want to tell you that we do have a Patreon page here. And there's three tiers. There's the Down and Dirty Dollar tier. It's just a buck. Hey, you're not going to miss a buck. Nobody does. Then there's the $5 Showstoppers tier, which you get a patch, stickers, whatever we have that's in that price range. And then there's the $20 a month Master, where you can get a t-shirt, any size, any color of the Metal Forge logo. Fuck yeah. That's awesome stuff. Oh, and by the way, if you donate on there, guess what? You get the show two days in advance from everybody else. Thank you all so much. It's patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio. Check it out and donate today. I love you guys. Thank you.